Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to mitigate crises and help teams get back on track. This podcast is about helping the C-suite leader to navigate challenges with confidence. For today's leader, I'm here to help you get back on track. Tomorrow's leader, let me partner with you to learn the secrets of the C-suite. Wherever you're at in your career, this is the podcast for you. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, host of the Drop-In CEO Podcast, and I want to welcome you to Drop-In CEO Podcast with my good friend, Kevin Hunting, who, by the way, happens to be in the next town over from me from Cincinnati, so we're both experiencing dreary, gray, rainy <laughs> weather, but we are so excited to be here today because we want to have a conversation about transitions and transformation because we know it's on top of mind with everybody here. If you're a C-suite leader, a senior leader in an organization, it's the perfect time at the beginning of the year to think about your types of leadership and think about how you might want to do things different, better, to make sure you maximize the performance of your people and care kindly for them as well. But just briefly, welcome back, Kevin, as a guest. He is the founder of Kinder and Two Steps Forward Coaching, a leadership coach helping professionals and mission-driven organizations unlock their potential music to my heart. I just want to say thank you for dropping in. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This is a second go around. We've done this before. So I'm excited to be here. And I think this topic, like you said, is just really, really relevant. Um, I think what excites me most is the idea of, you know, leaders, helping leaders understand the importance of, of really looking at what's happening, not only with themselves as a leader, but their teams and their organizations. And as you mentioned, to really take the time to do the thought and the commitment and the action that would be necessary to start to better understand maybe how they are leading. So this topic to me is so close to heart. Yeah, and, and I'm excited about this too. And again, we promised everybody when we invited, I sent out invitations to everybody and their brother or sister. And we want to promise that we deliver, but we want to definitely talk to you, make sure you gain some insights about how to embrace change and through our story, our stories, because I'm going to share some stories. Kevin's going to share some stories and his experience about resilience and transformation. But also we are going to fold in so much of what Kevin talks about is kindness. Kindness is not a soft thing, but so critical and a leading indicator of future performance and basically enabling us all to thrive in the new year. It's not just about the technical work, but it is about how we interact with each other, the emotional intelligence, all that stuff, it all intertwines. So, Kevin, are you ready? <laughs> oh, let's do this. I'm ready. Yeah. So, um, first of all, just you're going through a major transformation yourself. You happen to be in Cincinnati, but you just moved to Mexico. <laughs> Tell us about that change and transition for you. That, yes. Um, lots of transitions in 2023, which really feeds into this topic. I moved to Mexico City about two months ago. Um, I know I shared with you that my spouse is a career diplomat. And so, that typically means that every three to four years, we are picking up and relocating and relocating both domestically or what could be internationally in terms of destinations. And I can tell you that one of the biggest, the biggest things that these types of transitions have allowed me to do is to actually, it's almost like a marker to be able to stop and take that time that we, we both talk about with leaders 
to really understand and take stock of where I'm at, uh, meaning where I'm at, like with myself in terms of my own personal growth within my own business and my practice, but also to sometimes step away and, and ask yourself some bigger questions about your purpose, your big why, and to also sometimes come back to that center. I think that a lot of times we can get distracted, and I know a lot of leaders can get distracted um, and sometimes move away from perhaps what is that bigger why that you're trying to solve within your team, your function, or as an organization. And so for me, it, re- it really has helped me to get that clarity, and, but to spend the time that's necessary in order to get that clarity. And that is a major, major point to make here is that you know, to get the clarity sometimes does require commitment and work. And it's not something that you can just sort of hope that you cross your fingers and it's just going to happen as a leader. It really, each, each leader, each of us has a role in better understanding who we are, how we're leading, and doing the work to understand how we can lead better. And so right now it's about leading yourself, but I'm just curious now. So you've, I think you're in Mexico. This is for the second time, but what I would love to know again, this is all a little bit of personal. I want people to get to know you and and I as well, because that's how we start doing the more purposeful work. But is there something that you really looked forward to and enjoy about being in your new environment in Mexico? And is there something that maybe you now miss, you know, after being in the U.S.? You're in the U.S. right now, but something you might miss and cherish and and look forward to returning to. Just curious. You know, I think what I miss the most is the connection. Um, When I say connection, the relationships that I built, um, that's one thing that I dearly miss, meaning having lived in Miami, where, where I was before, having built some really solid relationships, both from a professional and personal standpoint, those, those types of things to me are deeply important and can be unsettling, but are also the things that I, I just love and admire and, and that I miss dearly. Um, I'd say that, again, in moving back to Mexico this time, I think what I was most looking forward to was a sort of newfound level of confidence in my in my overall experience, because when I first moved there, I was I knew Spanish, um, I was Spanish speaking, but definitely wouldn't classify myself as fluent. And it was only through living there for the, the time period and from 2013 to 2015 that I became really fluent. And so now there's this newfound level of confidence that I'm like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to have a whole nother set of really empowering and powerful experiences in Mexico City because that's no longer really a barrier at all. Right? I can get around, I can build those connections pretty quickly, hopefully. And it's so that's exciting. Just the, the what the newness is going to be there. That's what excites me. I mean, that's exhilarating, just changing your environment, whether it's where you live or where you work. Yes, there is some uncertainty, but with that comes, like you say, tremendous growth as an individual. So keep that in mind. Some people will refrain from moving to a different role or moving to a different company because of the uncertainty it brings. But trust yourself. You will grow and you will be better because of these new experiences, especially with a support system. Now, I would just like to just get people to know you a little bit because not everybody knows your work. And this is why I really, really wanted to bring you on. I'd love for you just to give a little bit of your backstory again, what you used to do and how did you arrive at this coaching that you're doing, but leading with your trademark, your element of kindness and why that is so critical for leadership. So my history, you know, that just to reiterate and share a little bit with people what my history is, I really spent 
over 17 years working in Fortune 500 brands and, and really within the, the areas of marketing, CRM, um, digital marketing, even e-commerce. And so those spaces were obviously exciting and very dynamic. When you're in the e-commerce space, things move at lightning speed. Um, and you really, you really have the ability to respond very quickly to the business, to what's happening within the business and to be able to course correct, if you will, um, fairly quickly. But I mean, after spending those 17 years, I also did some consulting work in Washington, DC. I worked at a development bank for Latin in Latin America and led a whole project around Salesforce and the implementation of Salesforce as an organization-wide type of CRM platform. And I that was for me probably one of the pinnacles just because you had people from all over the world that you were interacting with that made up the bank itself. They're from all, all Latin American countries. And that was really a fun time. And also, of course, with Salesforce as a product, that was really interesting to be able to, you know, understand it better, to, to really wrap your head around it. But I can tell you that it was through these transitions that my own practice and the idea of me launching my own practice as an entrepreneur is when when it came to life. And so here's a great example that you alluded to, Deb, that it's only through embracing these kind of bigger transitions that sometimes new opportunities really do come to life and they will come to life, hands down. And for me, that's what happened. I noticed that I was in a pattern and I noticed that for a period of time, what I was doing was always looking for that next corporate role, that next corporate marketing job. And there was a moment in Washington, D.C., before we were moving to Miami, that I, I really stopped myself and said, wait a minute, you know, you've been doing the same thing over and over. And it was also a person, an individual that came into my life, one of those connections that I didn't know at the time was a coach, but I was working with and working on a separate project with on a personal project that I had that is through those conversations, I started to understand what this individual was doing. And that's when it seemed like the stars were aligning. I know that sounds very lofty, but it was almost like the universe was telling me, this is what you need to be doing and to trust your instincts and your intuition, which is another leadership trait that many leaders don't tap into, but I, I really took a step back and it was the first time I really did it. So it was a, it was a big deal for me. It wasn't me just acting and doing like I normally was doing, like just, you know, keep, keep doing the same. I really took some time to stop, reflect and understand where I was and why I was doing what I was doing. But more importantly, what did I want to do? Like, what did I want to do with my life? And it was only through those conversations with this individual that I started to do more research into coaching, to leadership coaching. And the more I did it, the more I, it just filled me up. I was like, I could feel this sense of purpose that I hadn't felt in a very, very long time that was telling me this is it. Um, and I listened to it. I did my research, got my certification through an amazing program through IPEC. And it was, it was after that, that that's, I haven't looked back, Deb. It's been, I can tell you that going through that experience has left me feeling more fulfilled, happier. Um, I have more general overall satisfaction in my life than I ever have historically. And it was, I make it sound like it was easy. It, it wasn't an easy process. There were 
there were some really, you know, scary, scary internal moments, not only my own fears, but and then also, how do I do this, right? Just the bigger questions of how do you do this? And that's when your support systems and having people that are around you and finding those people that can help you do it and know that you're not alone become critical as well. And I, that all is stuff that I have had to work through and learn. And I, I can tell you that it's changed. It literally has changed my life. And it takes courage to hit the pause button and live with a little bit of uncertainty in the moment. You might not have a paycheck for a while. Things could get a little bit scarce during that moment. But if you don't invest in yourself now, you might regret it and keep doing what you did. And I've heard so many people and had so many people on my podcast say they don't want to die with regret of not knowing what could be. Mm. But I want to lean a little bit into your brand because I'm going to say it, I too. There's a lot of coaches out there. Not everybody is for everybody. True. You really have evolved the kindness brand. You are exceptionally unique when it comes to coaches. You're schooled, you're trained in several different certifications, but you're very different and unique. And I want you to bring forth what is unique about how you coach businesses and leaders to be able to achieve their goals. I mean, the most unique aspect of what I do is allowing people, I think, to really tap into their emotions. And when I say emotions, meaning using emotions as a key performance indicator, which yeah. I know people are going to use those leaders out there are like, wait, why is he using very metric based language to describe emotions, but emotions can become a really powerful force and helping you understand how effective you are as a leader and the overall performance of, of your leadership. And so that is tied into, it is only through understanding our emotions that one of the key factors that I see a lot of times is that learning to, to really cultivate an idea of self-kindness and self-compassion is where so many leaders, there's an opportunity. It's not, it, they may not even be aware of it, but it's, we are, I think so many of us are, have been brought up in an environment where we tend to really be good at beating ourselves up. Even it doesn't matter if you're a CEO or even if you're a frontline manager, if you're if you're just starting your career, people love to beat themselves up. We love to make it about us. And and I feel like that's one of the biggest things that we start to unearth and just and really the dimensionalize in a much more profound and actionable way is what would that look like if you were having more compassion for yourself as a leader? What would that allow you to do? And who would that allow you to be is, is a really important question. And so, yeah, I mean, kindness and compassion, that's why it's close to my heart is I can tell you from my own personal experience, when I first started, I, I was that. I was the person who was always beating myself up, telling myself how I, I didn't do X good enough or that I could have done it better. And rather than sort of act more neutrally, because there was a lot of stress that went with that, Deb, a lot of stress and anxiety and worry, and that in itself affects leadership's performance. When you are trying to be a leader operating from, with a growth mindset, they don't, they're, they're actually, it's the inverse relationship. If you are always in a state of panic or anxiety or worry, it is not neuro, like, neurologically possible to really operate at that level that a growth mindset is, is operating at because you're so consumed by your stress and anxiety. So I, that's my focus. And I can tell you that it has been an eye opener for so many leaders that I have worked with to really get clear to with themselves and honest with themselves about what that relationship looks like for them. 
You know, I think about, you know, emotions, you know, people think it's something that's not quantifiable, but because we're so programmed to measure by results. But I think if you can look at emotions as a leading indicator of success, depending on where you're at on that spectrum, then you can start taking actions about it. We've never really given people either language or metrics to be able to measure those things that are underneath, underneath the surface and left unkept or un actioned on, yeah, you're going to maybe look good on the surface, you're getting the results, but it's not sustainable. You may be eroding someplace else. I will say I am working with somebody now and I am much kinder to myself. The dishes aren't always done. The laundry's not always done. And I'm not beating myself up anymore because it's like, oh, well, it'll get done in a day or two from now. I'm getting my sleep. I'm spending time with my husband and I'm only doing the most important things that move the needle. So I'm a little Mm. kinder to myself. I'm still recovering. But it's so, so important to have a better life. It is. And I think it's a, a topic that's not, it is being talked about more and more. But when people, when people, leaders are out there, I know that I came from, you know, I, w- I worked environments just like you, Deb. I know we've talked about this, that we're so data-driven, so analytics-driven. And, and that is very, very important. But I just was talking with two leaders yesterday, and one of them was actually taken back because he was like, I love this idea. I said, you know, besides having your KPIs and those hard goals, whether it's revenue and, you know, whatever you're measuring in your business that are going to be your key performance indicators for the year. I said, if you don't have a leadership KPI dashboard, you're missing something critical, which is again, measuring and really putting a concerted effort behind what your leadership growth looks like Mm -hmm. for the year and how you're going to measure your success, um, because that's where intention and action will come together. And then by the end of the year, you'll say, wow, not only did I was I able to meet all the technical kind of hard data, it, right, driven metrics that we're all looking for, and we're all really working behind, but I, I was also able to grow as a leader, which is where I think there could be, I think, a bigger focus. I think there's a much bigger opportunity within organizations. I wanted to take a moment to remind you that a recent study showed nearly 60% of leaders feel depleted at the end of the day. And this feeling is a key indicator of burnout and makes it difficult to lead and inspire others. If you've ever experienced that restless exhaustion, you know why CEOs are amongst the most likely candidates for experiencing job frustration. I wrote The CEO's Compass, your guide to get back on track to confront those feelings and create a plan that is sustainable for you and your organization. I created a seven-point assessment that will help you figure out your problems in days, not months. And it includes so many resources, worksheets, videos, and much, much more. If this is you, please head over to my website, dropinceo.com, and click on my products, The CEO's Compass, and order yours on Amazon or other outlets. And now back to the conversation. So you and I are so aligned in our brand. I often talk about leaders are trying to get results when actually they're in pursuit of peace of mind. And when Mm. I talk about the missing piece is that people come to work, you hire the right people with their technical capabilities. But what we're not doing is looking at those performance gaps in terms of maybe competencies or confidence. And it could be an element of emotions, psychological safety. Uh, I've got triggers here. I've been in this situation before and I shut down. We need to be having more 
conversation about closing those competencies, those mindset, or how do I interact with other humans because I've not had these experiences before. Close those gaps. And the performance and the metrics will come with because you've unleashed their potential. You've removed mm-hmm. those mental, those physical, those emotional barriers. And people don't spend much time in that because I think you even talked about the ROI. This is a, an investment in the bottom line because you will get much more efficiency. Um, you won't lose people. <laughs> those metrics will will eventually, like you said, they will surface through your employee retention. Your, if you have any kind of internal surveys that you're doing annually or 360 reviews where it's about morale, engagement, retention, you know, whatever you're measuring, especially within the HR sort of function area, mm-hmm. functional areas, that is where you're going to start to see how the numbers are impacting your, your organization. And it's your, I, I talk, we do talk the same language that that is the, the cost though. There is a real cost to businesses by not focusing on those in really critical leadership traits, characteristics, or behaviors that are going to mm-hmm. help fuel performance, not take away from performance, which is what so many organizations, I think, try really struggle with. And, and rightfully so. It's not an easy thing to so, tackle, but it's, it's such an important, important piece of the puzzle. And I agree. And I know I as well, as a leader, <laughs> have gone through major transition transformation points. And um, we could go on and on about this. So <laughs> yeah, I want to, well, on that note, it's so funny. You, you were bringing, you're talking about yourself, and I remember uh-huh. you sharing this with me a little bit earlier. And it, I thought it was just really powerful. You really, in 2023, as a leader of your own organization, took some some time. And and I, I think what's what's so interesting to me is this is where I think for most leaders, there's the biggest opportunity. And I'm curious from you, like. What even prompted you? Like, what were some of these big themes that came forward for you in 2023 that you mm-hmm. recognize that you're like, I need, I need to start really looking at this? Or what were those things for you that you started to, to grapple with for yourself and your, your business? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin, for being a guest host on the Drive <laughs> CEO podcast. We've done this before. And you, you know what it is, is I took a concerted effort. I think it took actually till March of 2023 to come up with this theme, but I realized I was still, even in my own business, taking up the same behaviors that I did in corporate. And I said, I need to simplify my life. So that was the key theme. I had to simplify my life and shed those things that no longer serve me. So that was an underlying theme for me that year. Again, took a couple, three months to come to that conclusion. And then I reflected back on what I've been doing and hustling since December 2018. And yes, I've been doing all the right things, building a brand, creating content, being in service to clients. But there was a lot of extra activity that didn't serve me. Quite frankly, I was exhausted. Now, mind (laughs) you, I am glad I networked and found you. Networking is important, but you have to figure out where to do that. But I came up with three things that were important to me. And again, it took some time and some sacrifice, but I said, I will do these three things. I will invest in myself, I will invest in my reach, and I will invest in my well-being. As leading indicators, 
of following a process. Trust the process because only then will I start achieving the results that I want. Now, I did have financial metrics, things that I had to get done, things I had to do. But I said, if I can invest in myself, so I got new audio equipment, new video equipment, and I took some leadership development courses because I needed to grow as a person, I invested in myself. I was no longer going to invest in other people's platforms, chasing other people for speaking events, could get on their podcasts. I was tired of chasing. I said, Mm. invest in myself, invest in this podcast. I can count on myself. I can't count on everybody else. And eventually the poll will come. Invest in my reach. Smart networking, the podcast is my reach, use my voice, people love my voice, accelerate, amplify, increase my reach. So more eyes on this work that I might be able to serve. And finally, and this actually should have been number one, and it still is number one, is invest in my well-being. Because Mm -hmm. if this little energizer bunny cannot continue to perform and have this energy, there ain't going to be no drop in CEO. So (laughs) it was hard, but I had to peel back some obligations, operate in a different way. I had to do certain things financially, but ultimately I am happier, much happier because I took the time to reflect on those things and decide what was important. And then when I got, came to key decisions, those three guiding principles helped me at those junctures. Should I do that shiny penny? No, not yet. Maybe I'll do it later. Was there, do you remember, was there something specific, an event or just something that really, really stopped you to take that time to be able to develop those three things? Was What was that for you as a leader? I had to look at my P&L. Okay. My P&L, I looked at my finances and I needed to sort some things out. I had to get laser focus on certain income streams that I knew would definitely bring in income in order to keep this business viable. I wanted to continue to doing this work, but I just knew I had to make certain decisions. So I did take some work that was contract work that leveraged my technical expertise. It wasn't my most passionate work, but I made the financial decision because I was at a place where the business wasn't financially healthy, and that was a very vulnerable thing for me, but we all come across that. So I did have to stop a little bit and say, what do I need to do to keep the business viable? And eventually, I did get a combination of both the contract work and the passionate work of being a fractional COO or being called in for a month to go to California and be a fractional chief quality officer and save the day amidst a crisis. I still got that passionate work, (laughs) but I had to pause and do what was necessary as a business owner to keep this thing running. And I'm pleased to say that the business in much more better financial health than I am as well, both physically and mentally. Wow. And I know, you know, we both experience with a lot of our clients and I'm sure the people that we work with that there's such an imbalance there sometimes there. And again, I, I say this because it's not to be taken for granted. Sometimes there may not even be a conscious balance that there's just this imbalance of someone has neglected their overall health and well-being, even mental well-being, I would say as well, which is such a critical piece, because everything is just about doing and getting the job done and running a mile a minute and chasing, you know, the the, the weekly, monthly, quarterly metrics that have to deliver on in order to get that bonus or whatever it is at the end of the year. And it's it is something that creates a lot of stress. Um, and it, which of course, as we all know, can affect us, right? Stress affects our health. Um, if we don't, if it goes unaddressed and it ha- it's happening for extended periods of time, it can have an impact on our health. I, 
I really appreciate you sharing that because I feel like I know and the people I work with, this is such a big topic is trying to find, I don't like, I don't know if I like the idea of work-life balance. Um, I, I feel like it's such a unique personal phenomenon for most people, but being able to find whatever that, the, like just balance in general, whatever that is for the individual is I think where the, there is a big opportunity. And, and again, putting a plan behind it. As a leader, we know that nothing happens without a plan. We're all plan driven. And so that goes for us as well. It comes back to what's our plan for ourselves. And I know for many leaders, Deb, the challenge is finding the time and the commitment, right? To build that awareness that you did about your business and taking the time. So what do you believe are the benefits of really taking that time, like of doing what you've done? If you were talking to other leaders, what are the benefits of, do, of taking the time to do this? It provides you clarity. It provides you clarity for why am I doing what I'm doing? And anytime you hit a difficult point in uh, your business, you're having diff- challenges with customers or clients, or you're at a juncture, whether you need to buy equipment or let somebody go, you get clarity in, okay, these are my three guiding principles. These are the non-negotiables. I'm not going to deviate from these. Or if I do... I will, but no, it's not sustainable. And when am I going to go back then to my grounding principles? It is a great piece of decision logic when you gain clarity and say, this is what I am going to do, and this is what I'm not going to do, and this is what I'm going to change in my leadership, and I'm going to make sure I stick to that because I want to be a kind leader, I want to be a servant leader, whatever that is, Um, have an accountability partner or somebody that helps guide you as well, because as you're trying to change, it uh, you might need somebody to anchor that. So it really has helped me make decisions, be calm and at peace in the decisions. And when I don't take an opportunity, I'm okay with it. Whereas I would beat myself up for, why can't you do more and do everything like we're programmed based on my age? Of course we could do more because we have to. And I think the greater thing is having a more purposeful life, more time for my kids, being present. And yes, I can work all the time because I love my work. It's integrated, but you only have one life to live. Absolutely. I think that's such an important piece to not lose sight of is that we we tend to put everything in one basket thinking this is all or nothing. And it, it really isn't. I mean, it's, it's what's for the moment and it's what's for now. And of course it could be for years, whatever the job is, but it's, it's sometimes easy to get lost in that. And I'm just uh, one more thing. I mean, this is again, vulnerable, Deb, vulnerable. I actually, I'm getting a little scared. The world is a little uncertain. You see people leaving this earth, adults, children, and I'm a little scared a little bit. And while that doesn't control my life, I want to make sure that my kids were here for the holidays. I was present. The laptop was shut. We just had a conversation and I never felt better. Same thing with my mother. My mother was here from New Jersey and we just spent a lot of quality time versus trying to fit her in. I just, we need to make those conscious decisions and stick with it. Trust the process because ultimately when you look back at the end of the year, and I didn't look at my KPIs. I just said, these are my guiding principles. And when I, in this month in January, look back at what I accomplished in 2023, I said, you know what? I could check the box on 80% because I stuck to my leading indicators, my leading principles, and I ultimately got the results versus being focused on the results and then beating yourself when you don't get it. Absolutely. Or 
which is, again, the piece coming back to everyone needs a KPI around leadership growth and leadership traits is how did you get there? Who were you being in the process of getting there, which that is what leadership is all about. And, and I feel like that to me is such an important piece of the, the puzzle for any leader who is really, really, um, I think, tuned into a who am I as a leader? How am I leading? Um, and how can I, again, be better at leadership? Because leadership is a lot of trying. It's it's a little bit of, yeah. let me try something different than I maybe normally would do because I'm looking for a different result or I'm looking to build a higher performing team than what I have right now. And And I feel like this ties into you. I think you alluded to this. So one more question on this topic, which I feel will speak to a lot of leaders out there is, what do you see or what do you believe are the cost to not taking the time to do these sorts of things that you just mm-hmm. described as a leader? <laughs> oh my God, you want to go there. So yeah, uh, cost, expensive hospital bills, mm-hmm. medication, cutting down a few years of earning potential or enjoying your life. Uh, the cost, oh my, I mean, I've got a client right now. Unfortunately, they didn't uh, invest, I think, enough in understand the human connection, verifying, staying connected with their employees, understand what their challenge is. Everything was kind of swept under the rug, and then all of a sudden they got to a place of crisis. Mm. And unfortunately, they had to part ways with some leadership and hire me, and that's okay. I love helping leaders, but it can come at a price. And I think that if we don't just take a pause and think about what leader am I? Am I present? Am I there for my people? Am I developing my people? Do I have the right culture? And then teasing that out from your people. People are going to leave. Again, every person, I heard this number, it's about $100,000 or more just to replace an employee if they leave. Think about the customer frustration when somebody leaves and they have to restart with a new salesperson, new customer. So, so there is so much lost revenue when we don't do this because either you have to hire consultants consultancy, you have, you lose customers, you lose people in years of their life. It is because people can't measure it. They can't use it as a KPI. The only thing they can look at is maybe employee retention and performance reviews. But I really think people need to leverage a lot of what you do to put a KPI around emotion and relationship and presence and all of that emotional intelligence. Because when we can do that and you go from the red zone to the green zone, I think the revenue, the expenses are going to fall in line. I just know this. I know this because of the work you and I have done. But it needs to be a top-line initiative to invest in the people in the ways that you've described and the way I help them as well. Absolutely. And then just, again, for for our leaders out there, what recommendations or even advice would you give to, let's say, other leaders who are really invested in their personal growth and the growth of their organization? Have the courage to ask for help. Have the courage, when you're starting to feel unsettled as a leader, ask for help and get a support system. Because what your body chemistry and that uneasiness and uncertainty you feel of can you get through this year, maybe that awareness of that signal inside saying, I think I might need to change my leadership style. I might need to change my interaction with people. Maybe my people need some help. Can I do it with this team? How can I help them? I think you need to take the time to pause and ask for help if you don't have the capability or capacity within your organization to do it. There's no shame in asking for help. That's actually a source of strength. Absolutely. I mean, this topic to me, we could, again, we could talk for hours about it, but I I feel like 
Um, you mentioned this earlier too. One of the biggest questions I will ask someone because it's really what they're ultimately what they're actually actually aiming for, a- apart from let's say a hard KPI or metric or something that they can measure, is thinking about what do you want to feel mm. as a result of of doing or accomplishing. And again, you can fill in the blank for any leader. That question to me is ultimately what most leaders are aiming for is a feeling and not tied to a hard metric. Um, And and I say that because an example I can use of this is a lot of clients that I work with in whether they're career transitioning or looking at a new job or whatever, a lot of people get really attached to, well, what's the role? What's the salary? What are the benefits, right? Like the, the things that are the hard and fast facts about what this role is going to be. But the, one of the questions that I always ask is, well, what do you want to feel as a result of, of this role, of being in this role? And it's, it's like throwing a, a curveball because they're like, what the hell do you, what, what the hell would I, what, what do you mean? What do I want to feel? Um, because what they actually start to feel is what's going to either make them really be passionate and enjoy what they're doing, which is going to translate to their teams and to their results and to all the relationships that they're going to be building versus if all I'm feeling is stress, worry, anxiety, and frustration, I, it's a rest, it, that is not going to be a recipe for success. Your performance as a leader is going to actually be impacted by that. And again, it will, it'll just flow through. It'll flow through to your team members and to all of those individuals and the, and the organization's bottom line. So I'd love to do a virtual high five, Kevin. <laughs> high five, because that's my peace of mind. I talk mm. to leaders, you're in pursuit of peace of mind, and you know it when you feel it. Absolutely. You know, you know things are running on all engines. So, Kevin, we are on the same page. We are in service to companies that have that awareness that they need to start off the year a little differently in terms of their leadership and in support of their leaders. And how do we do it with kindness? I want people to find you, connect with you. I I ask everybody that's watching, thank you to everybody that's watching today and watching this on the replay and listening to it again on the Drop-In CEO podcast. I want people to connect with you, Kevin. Um, How can people find you? Two of the easiest ways, if you're on LinkedIn and you're seeing this, just follow me first on my page. It's it's Kevin Hunting um, with two T's. So follow me and direct message me. I, You know what? I love to hear your stories. That's one of the things that just fuels me is hearing your story as a leader or, again, what challenges you may be faced with. And so to me, that's what fuels me. That's what really inspires me. And the other way is you can go visit twostepsforwardcoaching.com. And just look around, check out my website. There's a lot of information that's available there. But either way, it goes back to know that if you're a leader and you're looking for the support that you so badly desire and want, we're here for you. Um, You don't have to do this alone. And there are some amazing resources right here in front of you that can help propel your performance and success. And Deb, how likewise, I know that this is your podcast, but how would you, what would you like to share in terms of how people can connect with you? 
Thank you again, Kevin. And thank you again for being an amazing guest and host, co-host of this Drop and CEO podcast. People can connect with me also on LinkedIn, Deborah A. Coviello or the Drop and CEO. Direct message me. It is me answering those messages. Let's have a conversation. First, just to get to know each other, build a little trust. I might be able to impart some thoughts for you to kick off this year and be successful, as well as the dropinceo.com website, contact page. Contact me there. Let's just set up a few minutes just to get to know each other. So again, Again, this has been amazing. Kevin, I wish you well, much success. Thank you for dropping in on the Drop-In CEO Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who will find it useful and inspiring. When you share this podcast, it allows me to continue to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate their challenges with confidence. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.